Hello and welcome. This is the sixth episode of the Bits vs. Bytes podcast. I am your host, Amr Grigic, and today I have a very special guest from UN Studio. His name is Roger Tan, uh, and I would l- like to welcome you to the podcast. Well, thank you, Amr. Um, to start off, I would like to l- know a little bit about your background. How, how did you start out? Um, yes, well, um, my, my background, I studied econometrics with uh, a variant uh, geared towards computer science here in uh, Rotterdam. Okay. And, uh, well, UN Studio is an architecture firm, but actually I started out uh, in, uh, in, in the financial services industry. Okay. So I was uh, for 12 years uh, working at Robico, an asset management uh, firm, financial asset management. And within Robico, I had uh, different roles and responsibilities, uh, ranging from a kind of internal consultancy, uh, business consulting, uh, to project management, uh, program management of, uh, of different kinds of uh, programs of projects for, for the firm. Um, I was also head of department of the data management, uh, uh, data management service for uh, Robico. So different things uh, that were always on the threshold between, let's say, the technology supporting the investment, uh, investment process mm-hmm. and, uh, and the process itself and the people, of course, uh, that need to uh, work and function and do the processes. So um, uh, that was my background in, in financial services. Uh, but at a certain point in time, I thought it would be really nice to make a transition towards a different sector. And that coincided uh, kind of with uh, one of um, uh, the more extraordinary projects that uh, that I uh, got to manage for Rubico. So I became the program manager for the new headquarters building. Mm-hmm. So that's for, for an asset management firm. It's a kind of a different kind of project that yeah. you do only one in the in 20 years uh, so to speak uh, and uh, in that in that role I learned uh, a lot about um, the, uh, the the building the construction industry working with architects working with project developers etc so that was really nice and um, uh, after that I thought well let's try to to change to become uh, part of a more creative setting uh, mm-hmm and also a more entrepreneurial setting. And when I got the chance to become managing partner of an architecture firm, I thought, well, that's, that's for me a very interesting thing to do and an interesting step to take. So that's why I changed to architecture. Okay. So after Robico, I was, um, I was uh, for seven years uh, the managing partner of an architecture firm in Rotterdam. Um, and that firm had a real uh, long history. Uh, it was, for example, also the firm that that uh, first designed the soccer stadium of Feyenoord okay. and designed a lot of landmarks here in Rotterdam and in the Netherlands and even in Europe. Um, and after after uh, that, I uh, changed to uh, to the to UN Studio. Okay, and um, you talked a little bit about UN Studio. Uh, it is an architecture company, of mm-hmm. course, and um, you mentioned that you started an um, an architect company, uh, and it's called UN Sense, um, which combines tech and architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about what that means and what you want to try to achieve with, for example, UN Sense? Uh, yes, and I think it's good to then. Uh, 
go a little bit back in the history of Yume sure, Studio. Yeah, Yume Studio is um, uh, one of the more renowned architecture firms uh, globally. Uh, so we are creating landmark projects all over the world. In in Rotterdam, it's uh, famous for the Erasmus Bridge. Um, in Germany, for example, for the Mercedes Museum. Um, and so, but in every continent, there are really, really nice projects that have been designed by Yung Studio. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the idea that the way that Yung Studio designs uh, architecture is always with a very uh, positive attitude towards technology and always trying to incorporate the newest methodologies for designing uh, architecture. Mm-hmm. And that means, uh, for example, uh, using a lot of parametric modeling, um, uh, very early stage using using computers at all, while a lot of our other architects were not yet using them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this kind of thinking is really uh, in the DNA of you and Studio. And um, uh, last year, um, I met uh, Ben van Berkel, the founder of Yung Studio, and Caroline Bos, uh, also founder of Yung Studio, and we really aligned on thinking about uh, not only using technology to design architecture, but also using technology to in the buildings and and uh, and uh, architecture that we design to really help people mm-hmm. in different ways uh, and to 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 really achieve positive outcomes for people to really uh, improve their health and their well-being. So um, that is, I think, what is also lacking in uh, in buildings and cities right now. Um, yeah. A lot of the technology is used, uh, uh, quite invisible on the background of buildings, uh, primarily to optimize the efficiency. Uh, mm-hmm. to have a better HVAC system or uh, an improved elevator system. But an, uh, more and more we see opportunities that we can uh, use all the innovative technology that is uh, available and will become available in the next couple of years to really uh, support what people, uh, what they want, what they need, and what their intentions are in buildings yeah. in really different ways. Yeah, and how they interact with them as well, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and um, is that also what, what spoke to you about working at UN Studio? Yes, I, I think that is the primary uh, reason why I changed from uh, from the architecture firm in Rotterdam mm-hmm. uh, to UN Studio because UN Studio is one of the biggest firms in the Netherlands uh, but also has uh, a, a worldwide reputation and uh, a global set of clients and network. Mm-hmm. And I think to be able to to make a, a difference in the ways that we want to do, uh, you need to have a vision, mm-hmm. uh, but you also need to have um, execution power. Mm-hmm. And I think that is... That is uh, difficult if you look at traditional architecture firms because traditional firms are very small and are uh, always uh, struggling with the next project and the next deadline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so you need um, 
uh, well, a bigger platform. Yeah, yeah. And because how many people do work at the UN Studio at the moment? Uh, 250. Okay. And that is... Uh, That's a big company for, for architecture. Company, yes, right? yes. An average com- architecture firm is uh, two to four, four per people. Yeah. So 250 is really big. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> and uh, it's distributed over Amsterdam and uh, Shanghai and uh, um, uh, Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, and also Frankfurt. Yeah. So we're in different continents, um, different locations. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, looking at that that uh, that's that kind of marriage between architecture and technology. Um, w- what technology did you already implement that that is used in a real world scenario? Is is there already something that's being used right now? Well, I I think. Um, You have to look at it like this. Uh, we started for the company formally in March. Okay. So we are still a very young company. It's uh, kind of a startup, right? Yeah. So UN Sense is yeah really new and starting out. But of course, we have the the power of UN Studio behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, what we are doing is uh, twofold. Uh, so on the one hand, we are uh, designing, envisioning. Uh, technology in buildings and cities and how that could work and interact uh, in totally new ways mm-hmm. um, and that is really looking forward not only using what is possible right now but also what we can what we think can become possible in the coming years and next to that we are also developing innovative new products using innovative new business models Uh, and building companies around it. So okay. uh, new spin-off companies uh, that will be subsidiaries of UN Sense. Okay. okay. Um, and the first innovative product that uh, we are uh, that we have created right now is um, something that is a really different kind of solar panel. Okay. And that is a really tangible product. And the difference in this is that the solar panels are normally um, not that nice to look at Mm -hmm. Um, and people uh, actually want to hide them on the roofs uh, of of buildings Um, but the usage of uh, natural resources natural energy resources is is increasing and uh, there's also a lot more um, uh, regulations that are coming into play that say okay we need to use natural resources yeah But if we only look at the capacity of solar panels as uh, one important uh, source of of natural energy uh, and we look at solar panels on roofs, it's just not enough. So what we have done together with uh, specialists from TNO and together with another company is to design a solar panel that can be designed and that can uh, look that looks like something totally different. And that can be integrated in a seamless way in the facade of a building mm-hmm. so suddenly you don't only have the roof uh, as a, as a, as an area in which you can harvest energy but also the whole facade of the building yeah and this is uh, is a product that has been developed uh, together with uh, other companies and that is so innovative that we uh, we foresee um, that oh, there are two things that we did uh, on the one hand we applied for a patent for it and mm-hmm. this is uh, uh, in progress and is going very well. It will be awarded uh, quite soon. And two, uh, we already found the first client uh, that will 
put this on the facade. And we have modeled a real company around this that will uh, launch also uh, quite quickly this year. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a separate company from UNSense, right? Yes, yeah. this will be uh, a subsidiary of UNSense. Yeah. But together, it will be a joint venture together with... Uh, TNO and TS Visuals. Okay, because um, f- from from my perspective, um, so what you uh, guys essentially do is actually okay. We have an idea. Mm-hmm. We want to uh, build this out, and you look for partners uh, that can help you develop that, right? Yeah. Because you're uh, you're essentially an architecture company, so you have the ideas and stuff like that. But I can imagine that it's a little bit more difficult to create the actual thing right so the actual solar panel and stuff like that yeah this is really spot on because um when i joined you in studio one of the first things uh, that i discussed with uh, ben van berkel and uh, caroline boss was that you know there are so many ids because there are so many projects with high profile clients all over the world and during the course of these projects um we encounter so many ids that are um, that are thought about in the sidelines of the project, mm-hmm. but there's just not enough time and also not a process to further develop the ideas into really tangible products or services or uh, business models mm-hmm. that uh, can really have an impact um, and that fits within our long-term vision yeah. of where uh, cities and buildings are heading. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the really uh, important things that we uh, that we say UNSense should do is to have a very clear process how to take those ideas mm-hmm. and uh, select the really um, the really impactful and promising ones yeah, and incubate those ideas into prototypes and into real business models and into real companies. Yeah. Yeah. And we do that indeed together with uh, partners uh, to, to bring in specific technology. For example, TNO has, an, uh, has an, uh, a business unit that is really focused on uh, solar energy. For they, they hold uh, knowledge, experience for more than 30 years already. Yeah, because they do the races and stuff like that, right? Was that TNO? No, that was the other one. That was TU Delft. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but, but they... They, they, uh, they will probably help out as well, I think, on, on yeah, those kind of and, things. Yeah, and, you know, in this way, and we work together with TS Visuals mm. on this specific thing, and they are very uh, very knowledgeable about uh, uh, printing and designing uh, uh, stuff that uh, that is printed in uh, uh, on buildings and yeah. on facades. Yeah. So in this way, we always look for corporations um, to uh, to make a strong product and a crossover between you know what we see from our architecture background and architecture knowledge and what we see from our knowledge about okay how can we incorporate this in buildings and in cities uh, and cross it over to what kind of technology can we use to really innovate and uh, for example uh, what I'm talking about here is uh, is if you look at the bigger picture it's about buildings that are now always energy consuming and turning them into uh, into big objects that are actually energy producing yeah exactly yeah because if you um, if you essentially make every building 
uh, their own power source mm-hmm. y- you would need a lot less power f- from the grid and stuff like that right exactly yeah, exactly yeah. and l- looking at that that solar panel because that that's pretty interesting to to uh, to get so the the company uh, TS visuals was it yeah right mm-hmm. um, so they uh, kind of create the print or do we have yeah. to, so the print should be the print should probably be some kind of um, print that can shine through right because you need to get the solar energy anyway yeah but it should look like it's not uh it's not a solar panel yeah. so well there are different look? complexities uh, uh, and that's also why it's an innovative product because yeah. uh, we managed to solve the complexities because uh you the the panel should be printed in a way, but it should still uh, harvest energy. Yeah, exactly. And that is difficult because if you just print it, then of course uh, the the energy uh, performance will uh, will really will dive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we managed to do that while still retaining uh, the majority part of the energy performance. Uh, the print should also be stable uh, because if you put it on the facade of a building the aesthetic look and feel of the building should not change in the 20 30 40 years that that you have uh, yeah it shouldn't peel back or something like that yeah exactly so there's uh, a lot a lot of difficulties in that and uh, what we uh, envision uh, and what what our proposition is is that um, instead of looking at it as a solar panel that is that is uh, that is a bit nice to integrate. It's it should be really a premium facade element that mm-hmm. in the sidelines also provides energy. Yeah. So it's like uh, a, a real substitute for a glass facade or a ceramic facade or a, a brick or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. indeed. Yeah. Yeah, because it, uh, you also need to think about the elements, right? So the n- not only the sun, but also the the maybe the storms, the rain, and yeah, stuff like and that. And also, how do you fix it to the facade? Mm. Uh, how mm. does it stay there? Uh, so we also need to think about the supply chain, about the service around it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's a really different ball game yeah. than uh, what traditionally an architect is doing. Mm. Uh, but uh, that's also part of why UN Sense was set up as a separate company with other kinds of people um, uh, in UN Sense as a company. Yeah. So the the people that are in UN Sense uh, that uh, that I'm leading is are uh, of course also creative people, but also people that are um, uh, very knowledgeable on business modeling and business planning and financially calculating is this a viable business yeah or, right. and it's actually totally different than what you were doing at the architecture company right yes well at the architecture company yeah, i have some things that are uh, the same i was managing partners so that's also yeah. more the business side of things yeah but this is really setting up not only one new company you sense but actually setting up multiple new companies yeah 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 yeah, that's interesting. I never thought that an architecture company would do that because uh, mostly this, these kind of things ca- come from uh, people that uh, kind of have an idea. Okay, uh, why don't we create solar panels that can be printed? Yeah. Uh, normally it's like that and someone goes out and gets funding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it comes from out of a, 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 an existing company which has existed for how long? 30 years. 30 years. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's interesting th- to see those kind of things evolving uh, so that companies can actually fund a startup and stuff. Well, like that. and that is also why I uh, did the transition to Young Studio because there's 
has always been a really forward-looking, innovative spirit within mm. Young Studio. And if you look at the the architecture that Young uh, Studio uh, has has designed all over the world, you mm. see that in the form and shape and feeling of the buildings. Mm. But uh, it's also present in the way that. Uh, Young Studio approaches, uh, for example, managing knowledge, uh, retaining talent, but also in in these kind of steps, because it really is a very big leap for an architecture firm to set up something like this. Yeah, yeah. Because it's ac- essentially creating products instead of creating buildings, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's exactly. totally different. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think you can see that that uh, that innovative uh, thinking in, for example, the Erasmus Bridge as well. Yeah, uh, it's actually the icon of Rotterdam now, right? Yeah. Uh, there's there is no other landmark that's uh, been photographed that much, I think, in uh, within Rotterdam. No, and and that also uh, testifies uh, on the strength that good architecture and good design uh, can have, and and the strength that is quite difficult to to decipher beforehand mm-hmm. uh, and to uh, attach a value to it but uh, well i've been living in rotterdam for uh, for more than uh, 25 years now and i know how it was before the erasmus bridge and i know how it is after the erasmus bridge yeah. and you know that's just uh, really a landmark that is in multiple ways has done something for for uh, the pride of people in the city yeah exactly. and that kind of non-tangible stuff uh, that is i think what what good design can do and that is also why we as Yoon studio wanted to set up Yoon sense to bring this kind of other way of looking at technology to in uh, in cities and buildings mm. because if you look at traditional technology companies they always approach it from from let's say um, uh, a very siloed um, uh, siloed perspective mm. and a, a very a perspective very very much looking at well again efficiency or uh, just just one product uh, based angle of technology while we say okay uh, it really is important that we look at how are people using um, buildings and cities and what do they want to achieve in it? And how can technology and the innovations that are available right now, but will become available in the future, how can we put this into play, not just for the sake of playing with technology, but for really supporting what people need and want? Yeah, and that that brings me to my next question as well. Is um, uh, lately we've seen a lot of rise within the smart home uh, area, mm-hmm. right? Um, so with things like smart uh, smoke detectors, thermostats, and s- stuff like that, uh, wh- what do you think that, that w- what do you think will be the n- innovations for new projects to improve, like the smartness and safety, for example, b- within buildings? W- yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think that uh, the uh, rise of uh, Internet of Things in homes and in buildings in general is unstoppable, um, and we see that uh, in in every aspect. Um, I think that uh, the problem right now is that it's all still very siloed per per manufacturer almost. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. What we need to do is to bridge the gap between, let's say, the the experience that we need to uh, bring to people, uh, and that can be to people in homes, uh, in residential areas, uh, focusing on specific. 
a specific uh, outcomes that we want to achieve versus uh, the technology providers that can uh, bring in, well, sensor-based uh, smoke detectors, sensor-based uh, uh, door openers, etc. So uh, we are we are designing around this, and what we uh, what we do is we call this sensorial design, sensorial experience design, and that is actually designing the technology into a coherent coherent experience for people. Mm. And that can be either in buildings uh, in which people live or in buildings in which people work, but it is always about um, well, a specific um, a specific challenge and a specific outcome. For example, if you look at uh, buildings in which people live and, uh, and health, well, it could be that we say, okay, um, we, we want to improve the health of people in this residential area, and, but we know that there's uh, a majority of elderly people living in this area. Okay. So then we need to look at what are the experiences that we want to bring to elderly people that are seamless, that uh, use technology, but in a way that it is pleasant for these people. Mm. And uh, of course, it has to do with um, uh, being able to uh, uh, to to notify if people are uh, older people are is uh, more 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 prone to to uh, sickness or disabilities. So how can we help them facilitate living longer at home, for example? That can be a real challenge uh, that can be uh, solved uh, partly by technology and partly by designing the homes in a specific way. Okay, yeah. and this is again. Uh, where we think that architecture and technology should uh, go hand in hand and integrate it uh, to bring the solution uh, for uh, for this specific typology and this specific problem. Yeah, yeah. so uh, what you're essentially also saying is that uh, you should make smarter design buildings, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. with the architecture, the design, the flow and everything yeah. about that, but also... Uh, bring in technology to uh, add some value uh, to to that design as well. I think, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I can also uh, state it in a different way. If you look at um, at architects, what they have been doing for hundreds of years, maybe even longer, is of course uh, looking at how will this building be used, and um, so what is exactly the, the question that I'm solving for the people that will use this building and how can I uh, design, uh, model the building and then eventually so that it can be built using brick, concrete, steel, glass, etc. But if you look towards the future uh, and that starts right now actually is that we say, okay, next to the traditional building materials of concrete and glass and steel, architects need to design using data in information as well because that is what the next what uh, that is also part of um, uh, the building materials of mm -hmm. now and the future so that is also the step that we want to take with UNSense uh, in very close joint cooperation with UN Studio it's, it's specifically that we've set it up like this that we say okay the buildings of the future uh, will be designed both from the traditional architectural point of view, but also from the uh, innovative technologi technological point of view. And this design should be really integrated. And of course, um, parts of it should be filled with technology that is available right now. Parts mm -hmm. of it 
will be filled later with technology that will become available later. And uh, and if you look at UNSense, the product building and, and, product, and product development part, yeah. parts of it will be filled with products that we are developing right now. Yeah, and uh, also what you're saying is also that um, y- you need some way to measure the things that you want to uh, use as data, right? Yeah. Is that something that you're also looking at from a UNSense perspective to uh, kind of create those buildings that can also measure the data that you need for maybe future buildings? Is yes. That- yes, I think that is also one very important aspect of what we can do right now that is different uh, from architecture uh, let's say of the past hmm. uh, because right now uh, sensors are becoming cheap and uh, ubiquitous yeah, uh, in buildings yeah. everywhere uh, you can just put them in so you can start measuring if the things that you have designed and developed are working in the way that you have thought about it beforehand <laughs> and in that way you can do two things you can on the one hand uh, really in an informed a way uh, based upon the data that you measure in the in the in the building itself change the use of the building based upon this data yeah so yeah. to improve the use of the building that's one and two you can also uh, use it as a feedback loop back to the design of new buildings to say okay this is working better than that and in the next building, let's design it in a better way. Mm. Uh, and of course, you also have to um, do this in an informed way, huh? because just just uh, capturing data is easy, but really making sense out of it, mm. uh, really knowing, okay, uh, this is what uh, what uh, what is m- making the difference. Um, that is something that you need to think about really well and one thing that we are doing as well is for example uh, to make um, uh, to, to, to form partnerships with uh, universities partnerships with uh, institutions like the RIVM in Holland mm. uh, yeah. uh, because we can use um, the measurement methodologies to, to look at what we have designed and what data we are capturing and to, uh, in a very informed way, um, uh, see is this working or not. Yeah. And yeah. Use, the, use those methodologies. Yeah, and because things you could, uh, for example, you could measure um, uh, what are the kind of um, spots within the building that have the most traffic, right? The yeah. most people are going yeah. through uh, exactly. stuff the football, like that. Uh, uh, you can measure everything from from heat to to air quality, but more important is what do you do with it, mm. and how do you how do you convert that data into uh, a very sensible experience yeah, that yeah. contributes something to the health and well-being of the people in the building. Yeah, and looking at the, some other technical advancements, um, what do you think is going to be the major difference in in the future of architecture? Is it is that the, the the whole data capturing and using that, or do you think there are other things as well? Well, um, there's there are several layers. I think that um, uh, we uh, will start looking at buildings um, as uh, uh, on 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 the building scale. Uh, we we see buildings now as energy consuming 
big things in our cities. And I think that will change into energy producing uh, elements. So that's uh, something on the scale of the building. If we look at the inner workings of a building, um, it will become much more that you see the building as a platform for services that enhance the, the lives of the people in the building. And this platform for services can be maybe this uh, compared to how your phone is a platform for services as well with apps. Uh, well, I think in the building, something like that uh, is happening already. But the next step in that is that you see the building as a cognitive, uh, cognitive service that uh, is much more um, looking, uh, looking forward and trying to interpret how the building is used and trying to, to support that uh, in a very different kind of way. Mm. And supporting that, uh, it means that you also introduce new technological components like uh, user interfaces that are explicitly or less explicitly implemented throughout the building so that uh, the, the, uh, the look and feel of a room, for example, can change, or that the facade can, can, uh, can be much more interactive and much more dynamic than it is now. Yeah, because and, it's, yeah, it's a static thing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Or if you look at what is happening uh, at your home, uh, for people uh, at home, uh, like, the, uh, like the use of uh, Siri and uh, Amazon Alexa, it's becoming more and more normal for people to mm. talk to, to Alexa. Well, this is something that I foresee will be, become part of, of buildings as well, mm. and both in private settings as in uh, more work-related office settings. Yeah. Uh, but in, an, in, a, in a way that is really seamless and uh, very much integrated. Yeah. And not gimmicky. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> that, indeed. That's the thing. Yeah, but it starts gimmicky and yeah, people start, use, uh, start to getting used to it. Yeah, yeah. But then we expect it to become really the basis of how we work and interact. Yeah, because, you, for example, you could uh, enter a building and you need to get, get to a specific company or something like that. You could just ask for directions instead of uh, yeah. uh, instead asking Instead of trying someone. to tap on uh, non-responsive user interface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, to kind of wrap up, um, I, would, I always ask the question, what, um, what are you particularly proud of since you started at the UN Studio? Is there uh, one single thing that you kind of, uh, that you think, okay, that's really cool that we did that? Well, uh, when I started, um, the whole setup of UN Sense was not there. It was just a vision mm. uh, of where buildings and cities and the built environment can move towards to. And that vision is still, uh, uh, still uh, of course, still strongly present. But now with the launch of UNSense and with the launch of the first, uh, first uh, products and uh, this new company uh, around the solar panels that will be called Solar Visuals, and we will launch that uh, in, the, in the fall of this year. Well, then I think we are starting to set up all the elements and all the stepping stones towards that 
that future that we envision and that Ben van Berkel as really visionary architect is seeing and uh, and describing. And uh, it's still a long road, but I'm proud that uh, we have set up UNSense and that we are uh, uh, almost ready to launch the first product and that we also have the first clients for this. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Uh, for the listeners, uh, you can follow uh, Bits vs. Bytes on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Uh, the name is Bits vs. Bytes. Also, uh, you can find the podcast on bitsvsbytes.com. Thank you. <laughs>